All right, uh, the rest of us, do we have our Bibles with us here today? Okay, okay, I'm going to take you to the book of 1 Kings today. So in case you want to know where that is, that's right before 2 Kings. 1 Kings, okay, uh, it's a laughing audience here today, this is great. 1 Kings chapter 19, I want to share a message entitled, Getting Up When You're Feeling Down. I don't know who it was, but somebody audibly said, oh boy. Uh, So getting up when you are feeling down. Um, We're going to take a look at a man by the name of Elijah. Elijah. Elijah is known, in fact, you'll see this in a little bit. Elijah is known as one of the greatest prophets of the Bible. Uh, This is a man who did extraordinary things for God. But we're going to take a look at a moment. And boy, I want you to catch this. We're going to take a look at a moment when, when this amazing man of God had a very low moment in his life. Extremely low. One that, to be honest with you, if some of you found yourself in the same condition emotionally, you might even be afraid to tell anybody about it. So much so that if you knew somebody who was as low and as depressed as Elijah was in the scripture that we're about to read, you would be so concerned for them, you would want them to get some help, rightfully so. Elijah, the great man of God, I want, <laughs> I'm going to take you to a dark part of his life to let you know, friends, that there is light when there's darkness, and there's recovery when there is hopelessness, and there is peace when there is great anxiety and depression. Can you say amen to that? That's a good point to say that. So, First um, Kings 19, we're going to start in verse 1 and go to verse 5, but you're going to want to keep your Bible open because there's a whole lot to this story. And I'm just going to tell you now, this sermon is loaded with stuff. So this is one of these things where I got this whole can of paint in the scripture. I'm going to throw it against the wall and see where it sticks with some of you. Uh, because there's so much in this thing, okay? It's one of those. It's one of those where I almost could have made a, a series out of this. There's so much in here. Some of, you, some of you might be saying, I wish you would. I'm hungry. But, but, but hang with me, okay? So if you're able to, stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together. And we are in 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning in verse 1, and we're going to go to verse 5 to begin with. Are you ready? If you're there, say Amen. If you don't have your Bible, uh, follow me on the screen behind me or on the screen that you're watching on the live stream. Here we go. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow... I do not make your life like that of one of them. 
In other words, she was threatening to kill him. Okay? Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Now, before we go to verses 4 and 5, okay, I want you to hear what this faith-filled man of God had to say. Y'all ready? Verse 4, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, some translations say it's a broom tree, sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. Man of God, full of faith, greatest prophet ever. Look what he says. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and, f- and fell asleep. Let's pray. God, I ask you that you would show us spiritually now how to get up when we're at a low, when we're feeling down, when we're really, really hurting and crushed. Lord God, we don't minimize that at all, but Lord, we pray that you would help us to know that this is not our identity and nor is this the end, but God, you have a work to do in us. So Lord, speak to us, I pray, and we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. Now, I'm not trying to depress you, okay? It's like, man, I came to church. That was not good, Pastor. Uh, I'm not here to make you feel bad. But what I love love about the Bible, okay, some of these these characters that we have uh, elevated in the Scriptures, and rightfully so, because they've done some wonderful things. They've done some great things. And, and the scripture records all of that. But sometimes we think that we could never relate to somebody like Elijah. And we could never relate to somebody like Paul. And we could never relate to somebody fill in the blank. And the truth of the matter is, these people are way more human than you think they are. And I want to talk about those moments that we are feeling so down that we're ready just to give up. So if you're there today, God has you listening at the right time. If you're not there today, there could be a time that you will be in the future or even the near future. So I want to equip you to know how we handle these moments when this stuff takes place. Are you with me so far? All right. How about the rest of you? Are you with me so far? Okay, all right, you're going to make me work for it? Fine, that, uh, we could do that. The Cowboys won by like a thousand points over, over the dreaded Eagles. I'm in a good mood, so we, we can do this. Anytime that the Antichrist football team loses the Eagles, that's good for me. So here we go. Here we go. Let's identify what I would call three stops in this journey that Elijah finds himself in here today. And they're very interesting stops here. Uh, first of all, and, and, and some of these descriptions are going to almost sound like I'm uh, reading from the Princess Bride, and I'm not. But, but uh, uh, first of all, I want to share with you uh, what I would call the wilderness of depression. The wilderness of depression 
Now I'm going to back up just for a moment and call a timeout and hit the pause button and just say that I am not a clinician. I am not a therapist. I believe that there is help for people who might find themselves in a, uh, a, a clinical point where you need somebody, and I would beg of you to find somebody who is Christ-based. If you ever need a counselor, if you ever need a therapist, I think there's room for that. The church really dropped the ball about 30, 40 years ago when the, when the church, capital C, tried to throw all that out and saying that was nonsense. And I will tell you that there is room for people to find help. I thank the Lord for a ministry like Emerge Counseling Services who has helped so many people in this area with so many things. So I am not speaking from a point of view of a clinician today, okay? If you are facing, if you're officially diagnosed as facing depression, okay, we'll pray for you, but there's room for you to get help, and it's wise for you to do so. Okay? Amen. Just like if you break your ankle, okay, I'll pray for you, okay, but pastor's not going to wrap it, okay? It, it just, go get an x-ray and get a cast and get that thing feeling better, amen? And we'll pray, and we'll pray, right, 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 God can, God can do it, but, but he gives us these things, these, not, not just because, you know, we have beautiful hair. Well, my son has beautiful hair. <laughs> he just popped up, excuse me, and, and so, okay, so let's get back in. What I call the wilderness of depression. Elijah found himself walking literally into a wilderness. And his words that he used, wow. Uh, let, let's, let's look at them again, and I'm going to read a couple more, okay? Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, I'll get to that. And how he killed all the prophets with the sword, I'll get to that. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. By the way, strike one, he found himself isolated and alone. If you isolate yourself from the people that can give you the most encouragement and help, you are looking to get yourself in a state of depression. Let's keep going. While he himself went a day's journey into, into the wilderness, there's the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and he prayed <laughs> that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. That is my life verse, by the way. I'm kidding. Verse six. Verse six. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So here we go. Why is Elijah so depressed? Why is he so down? Why does he want to die? Well, there is this wicked queen by the name of Jezebel, okay? Now, we see a reference to her all through the scriptures, but this is pretty much initially where we discover her in this area of the Old Testament. 
and uh, she is not happy at all with Elijah because Elijah just had a major, major victory over her prophets. Do you know what I have found? We are often most vulnerable when we've just seen victory. We are... (laughs) How many times have you had a spiritual victory and right on the heels of that, boom, something came and it brought you down. It brought you down emotionally, maybe in other ways too, spiritually, maybe even physically, but it brought you down. And again, what, what kind, of, what kind of, of a victory am I talking about with Elijah? All right? If you were to turn back or scroll up to 1 Kings chapter 18, we just read 1 Kings 19, but if you were to take a look at 1 Kings chapter 18, you will see that Elijah was used by God to do some incredible things. For example, he defeated the prophets of Baal. There was a contest going on. Who can call fire down from heaven? And the prophets of Baal were calling upon Baal to uh, bring fire from heaven. Didn't work. And then Elijah, the only prophet, says, Tell you what, let's put a sacrifice on that altar. In fact, I want you to soak that thing down like you would not believe. I get that thing wet. Put more water on it. Put more water on it. And then, in front of them all, he prayed to his God, and fire consumed not only the sacrifice, but consumed everything, including the water that was used to, try, that, that, that was used to douse the, sa- the sacrifice. And then after that, Elijah killed all of the prophets, the false prophets of Baal. Well, that's where Jezebel went to church. She didn't like that. She was angry. And that's why she said in these first few verses that we read, God help you, if I don't make you like one of them for doing what you just did. But that's not all. That's not all. After he had that victory, then Elijah called for the end of a drought. There was a drought going on in that region that had lasted, listen to this, three and a half years. Three and a half years. There had been no rain on the land. Then God showed Elijah that that drought was about to end, and it took place at that moment, after he had this victory over the prophets of Baal. Then, not only that, he told King Ahab, hey, get on your chariot, get ready, here comes the rain, and this is wild. He literally, if you read the end of of chapter 18, he literally outran a chariot. He ran faster than the actual chariot. So Elijah's had a good day. Elijah's had a good day. He defeated a bunch of false prophets. He saw the end of a drought take place that had cursed the land for three and a half years. And then supernaturally, he experiences God's power in such a way that he literally outruns a chariot. 
and is on the heels of that that he lays his head down in the wilderness and he says, I just want to die. I want you to think to some of your victories. How did the devil follow up your victory? You got an answer to prayer. So the enemy tried to discourage you another way. Maybe the words of some person like Elijah fells. Maybe you were in great fear. Maybe you were just exhausted. But you find yourself, after this great answer, this great miracle, this great thing that's been going on, you find yourself at this incredible low, and it doesn't even make sense, but here you are. And here's Elijah, the one who saw fire come down from heaven. It's this, you would think he would say, huh, hey, God, if you got an extra match, there's a queen that's threatening my life. But that's not what he did. He laid down, prayed that he would die. I'm speaking to people that have had some victories. God's used you. God's answered your prayer. God has done some great things for you. And since then, since then, there's been an attack. There's been huge discouragement. There's been a setback. And you find yourself maybe wanting to give up. God forbid, maybe in the same condition as Elijah. Have I mentioned he was a great man of God who was used mildly by God and one of the greatest prophets ever? If it happened to him, don't you think it might happen to us? I'll try that again. If it happened to him, don't you think it might happen to us? Well, pastor, what do I do? I'm so glad you asked. Because this is a time, Elijah, hear me? This is a time that you really need to feed yourself. Look again at verse 5. He laid down under the bush and he fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. When you're at one of these terrible lows, some of you know where I'm going. This is a time for you not to stress eat, not to eat an entire bucket of chicken, although that sounds really good right now, but, but this is a time to feed yourself the Word of God. This is a time for you to deliberately get into, pre- into the presence of God and to feed yourself spiritually. Are you getting this? The angel touched him. I think he may have boom, nudged him a little bit with a little soccer kick and said, get up, eat something. Because you've got a journey ahead of you that is long and you need the strength. God would say to each of his people that if you're down, you're ready to give up, you're hurting today, God wants to nudge you today with his Holy Spirit and tell you it's time to rise up. But don't just rise up. you got to feed yourself. What's my word say? Have you prayed to God? Have you just gotten into his presence? 
Here's what I see. I see people who will distance themselves from God. I will see people who will no longer go to church. I will see people that will not read God's word, and they wonder why the depression gets lower and lower and lower and lower. And again, I'm telling you, if you're facing clinical depression, I'm not suggesting that there's something wrong spiritually in your life, okay? But what I am saying, that when, when Elijah's get into these massive lows, it is time to get up and feed ourselves. Because God has a journey for you. The wilderness of depression. The second stop on his journey was not only the wilderness of depression, but I would call this the cave of discovery. The wilderness of depression the cave of discovery. (laughs) Listen to me. Elijah, if you find yourself in this position, you've got to hear from God. Oh, some of you missed it. If you find yourself in this condition, if you find yourself in the wilderness of depression, you have got to hear from God. God has something to say to you at this moment. He hasn't abandoned you. He wants to speak to you. Now, what was Elijah's experience? Take a look at verses 8 through 18. Follow along with me in the scripture, okay? It says, so he got up. This is after the angel says, get up, eat. You got a, you got a journey ahead of you. So verse 8, he got up and he ate and drank and strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave, and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Now, I want you to memorize verse 10, or at least keep it in your head. He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, Put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Okay? Hang on. Hang on to verse 10. Okay? Let's keep going. Verse 11. Then the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Do you remember what he said in verse 10 when he answered that question? It's going to sound really familiar. Look at verse 14. He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put the prophets of death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they want to kill me too. Same answer. Did, (laughs) Did you catch that? The same answer. Let's keep going. Verse 15. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. 
and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Haziel, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel. Remember what Elijah said. I got 7,000 in Israel. All whose knees have not bound to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Now let's unpack this. Elijah is still at a very low point in his life. And might I, might I mention to you that this is right after an angelic visit? If an angel appeared in this room and literally spoke to you, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the precious moments ones with the belly, you know, you know, you know, okay, when you see, when you see an angel, okay, that's gonna, that's gonna freak you out. That's gonna get your attention, we have examples all through scripture when people would be confronted with an angel, they just fall flat in their face. So, so Elijah has gotten word from God and he has literally seen an angel, but this is the deal. His condition has not changed yet. Can I speak to those of you who are depending on experience after experience after experience to try to whip you out of the funk that you might be in? It could be very much that you could even see an angel and still be in the same condition that you're in. Something else has to happen. Some of y'all didn't get that. You see, I come from a generation that saw the word revival uh, become a buzzword in the church. And it was all about the experience. It was all about getting this experience. I had this happen to me. And we started to judge people's spiritual lives based on the experience that they had. You know, did they fall on the ground? Did, did they, did they uh, well, you know, I don't want to freak you all out, but, but you know, did, did, did they have this experience or that experience or this experience or that experience? And then I started recognizing that some of these people that had this experience and that experience and this experience and that experience were still a hot mess. Dare I say some of them were even still a train wreck. And so I will tell you that your close encounter of the Jesus kind, that may not change you because you attended a certain service led by a certain prophet that went certain amount of days and you had this certain experience. Something deeper has to happen. Elijah had to hear from the Lord. Elijah had to hear from the Lord. Elijah, listen to me. You got to hear from the Lord. You got to hear from the Lord. How do I hear from the Lord, Pastor? This book is a great way to hear from the Lord. 
What's God's word have to say to you? And, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is active in our lives, not just, not just a, a, a thing up there that makes you talk funny. We, we, we believe that the Holy Spirit is God, and God, through His Holy Spirit, is very much involved in your everyday, day-to-day life. And so, so I believe that His Spirit can speak to you as well, and His Spirit can strengthen you as well. But what is God saying to you? And, and I want you to notice that God did not lead... Oh, God did not lead Elijah back to that place of victory where he killed all the prophets. He had to hear a gentle whisper in the cave. I don't know how many relationships have this happen, but have you ever been in a relationship where someone's talking and you're hearing, but you're not listening? Don't point. It's like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. And then, right? And it's like, did you hear me? Yeah, I did. Well, what did I say? The score's tied. And that's not at all what she said. But sometimes we do that with the Lord. And maybe, 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 it could be that instead of just hearing a message, instead of just glossing over a scripture, that maybe we just want to listen and we want God's word to totally penetrate our hearts and our minds and our spirits and change us. That's the power of this book. That's the power of the word of God. What is he wanting to say to you? Listen, Elijah, when you are at your lowest point, you are going to hear many things in that cave. Elijah saw, felt the wind. He, there was an earthquake that he experienced. There was a fire. None of that was from God. It seemed powerful, but God was not in any of those. And then there was a gentle whisper. And God was all over that. When you're at your lowest, there will often be times that people will have something to say to you. And it might be earth-shaking. It might be fiery. It might be a whole lot of hot air. <laughs> they might even quote Scripture their way. But that doesn't mean it's from God. Be careful who you listen to when you're in the cave. Be careful what you listen to when you're in the cave. If I acted on every goofy thing that a well-meaning Christian told me when I was at a vulnerable point in my life, I wouldn't even be here right now. We've got to hear from God. And again, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that after this incredible experience of seeing the wind and the earthquake and the fire, then hearing the gentle whisper of God, God asked the same question, what are you doing here? And what does he say? He says the same thing he said before he even heard God's voice. Well, you know, I'm the... 
this is my situation, and now I'm the only one left. And then God comes to him again, and he keeps repeating it. Could it be that we have believed, oh, we have believed the lies so much that we have made that our identity? And when anybody ever asks, how are you doing? I'm the only one left. I, I, I just, oh, it's horrible. And, and I think sometimes, don't get mad at me, but sometimes we need to get over ourselves and get past what we're facing. Because we have built our identity on our misery and we've not built our identity about what God thinks of us. Did I tell you this sermon was loaded? God still has a plan for you, Elijah. Well, I don't feel really good. Well, I'll tell you what, God doesn't depend on your feelings. This is the way I feel. Feeling is not fact. Feeling is not faith. Feeling is often false. He told God, I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. Look what God said in verse 18 to counteract the lies. Look at this. I reserve 7,000. Elijah, listen to these words. Seven, zero, zero, zero. You are not alone. Quit believing that you are by yourself. Quit believing the lies. I got 7,000 who have not given themselves over to Baal. They've not bended their knee towards him. They've not kissed the ground that Baal walks on or supposedly walked on. I've got 7,000 that are just like you. So quit acting like you're the only one going through this. And quit acting like you're by yourself. You're not. Can I ask, what lie has the enemy convinced you of? Because when you find yourself in the cave and when you've been going through the wilderness of depression, chances are you have packed away some kind of lie about you that the devil has told you that you refuse to unpack. That has become you. That has become your identity. That has become who you are. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. I'm a victim, pastor. God says, no, 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 no. No, don't believe the lies. We would say, God won't answer my prayer. Well, what's God's word say? If we call upon him, he'll answer. Well, God doesn't care about me. You can cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I'm quoting scripture here. Well, well, he'll meet other people's needs, but not mine. God is no respecter of persons. I can't do anything. You can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. What lie are you believing, Elijah? God wants to clarify to you that you can know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Could it be that you are so down? Could it be that you are at your lowest? 
because you have bought into a lie that the enemy has told you. And may I remind you that the enemy, Jesus identified him and says that the enemy, Satan, the devil, all he does is speak lies. That's his, that's his language. That's all he does. He never tells the truth. He's the father of all lies. So understand that anything that gets whispered in your head, anything that you receive in your spirit, anything that you're carrying around with you, and, and that becomes your identity, if it contradicts what God's word says, it's not true. And you are not the exception to God's word. None of you are. And if you think you are, get over yourself. Get up, Elijah. You've got a journey to take. God has a plan for you. Get up. Pastor, that's mean that you would say that. Okay. But it's truth. Quit allowing the lies to become your identity. Mm. Had a man of God tell me, Phil, you've got to gorge yourself on truth. You've got to gorge yourself on truth. Kind of like when you go to the buffet, right? 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 I mean, you just, you just and you people that are measuring carbs and, and calories at the buffet, <laughs> okay, that doesn't take place at the buffet. You just get your plate, you grab and go, you grab and go, you grab, then you get to your seat, it's like, oh, wow, they have ribs here. It, it just, and what do you do? You just gorge yourself, and you dare not just go once. Am I right? Can somebody give me an amen on the buffet here, okay? You gorge yourself you got to get your money's worth. So you gorge yourself on the buffet. I am telling you to gorge yourself, seriously now, on the truth of God's word. Fill yourself with the truth. My friend put it this way. Inhale the truth. Exhale the lies. Inhale the truth. Exhale the lies. God had to clarify don't believe that lie. You're not alone. You're not alone. What lies he wanted to clarify to you? You've not been abandoned. God cares about you. He'll take care of you. He's not giving up on you. He's forgiven you. He's not done with you. Whatever lie he needs to clarify, breathe that in, Elijah, because there's one more short stop in this journey. And that's the desert of decision. The desert of decision. God led him to a desert. And here God clarifies the next step in Elijah's plan. And there's one part of this plan I want to show you that you've you got to grab this today. Okay? Start in verse 19. Elijah went from there and he found Elisha. Okay, Elisha is the protege, the successor in the awesome prophet company. (laughs) That's not biblical, I just made that up. But he's next in line. He's going to do many, if not even greater, some of the same exploits that Elijah did. So Elijah went from there and he found Elisha, son of Shaphat. 
He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment uh, to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Listen, Elijah, here's what you don't know. That in the midst of your lowest time, Elijah, there's an Elisha that is waiting for you to make an impact on them. Do you remember when Stephen, the very first martyr in the book of Acts, chapter 6, uh, and, and uh, Acts 7, Acts 7, he was stoned to death. And that there, was a, there was a fellow by the name of Saul who was holding the coats of the people who were stoning Stephen to death. And he's watching all this take place. Do you, anybody remember what Saul later became? Paul the greatest missionary of all time. I'm convinced that what Saul witnessed in the life of Stephen helped that Saul to become a Paul. I'm convinced that Elisha was able to become Elisha because he was put in contact with Elijah. Do you know that we are at our best when we're investing in other people? That's when we're at our best. When we're loving on other people, when we're making a difference in other people's lives. God could have said, man, you are damaged goods. Just stay in this cave and die. Pretty terrible end to that story, wouldn't you agree? Aren't you glad that God didn't give Elijah exactly what he asked for? Aren't you glad that God doesn't always give you exactly what you've asked for? I should have had a way better amen there. It could very well be that the reason why you're so low and the reason why you're so down is because God has a plan that the enemy is trying to discourage you from. That the enemy is trying to keep you, Elijah, from your Elisha. Could it be that the kingdom of God can be advanced just because you become obedient, you feed yourself the word of God, and you refuse to believe the lie that you have bought into for so long? That Elisha could be your kid. That Elisha could be your grandchild. That Elisha could be the person that you work with. That Elisha could be your neighbor. That Elisha could be your classmate. That Elisha could be the person that's on the team with you. That Elisha could be anybody. Who is God directing you to? Elisha, God has a bigger plan for you than to just 
lay down and give up and die. God wants to get you up even when you are feeling way down. And today, today, he could start that process with a little nudge of his Holy Spirit. Say, all right, Elijah, get on up. We've got work to do. Will you stand with me? Jonathan, can you help me? Did you get anything out of this today? I want us to pray. Can we do that? Jesus, I ask you now in these next few moments that your Holy Spirit would just work in the lives of those that have heard this message. God, I don't doubt that there are some people, even on the heels of some great victory, God, even on the heels of being used by you in such a dramatic way in the past, God, that right now they might be at just a low whether we want to call that depression, whether we want to call that fear, whatever we want to call it, Lord God, it's not your best for us. So God, I pray that just as an angel nudged Elijah to move up and move forward, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would nudge us today to move forward, to get up, to feed ourselves and to quit believing the lies. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I'm simply going to ask this, whom can I pray for today? Are there, is there somebody here and hands are already going up? Is, is, is there anyone else? I, I can relate to what Elijah was going through. You all could put your hands down. Is there anyone else? Yes, I, I, I get it. I get this, Pastor. I get this. More hands are going up. Are there others? I just want to know who to pray for. I'm not going to call you out. I want to know who to pray for. And we're just going to agree. We're not making fun of you. We're not belittling you. <laughs> not at all. One of the greatest men of God at all, of all time felt this. You're in good company if that's you. Is there anyone else? Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. Hallelujah. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And if you need to get alone with the Lord, I encourage you, when I say amen, maybe move to the altar or maybe you want to pray at your seat. But wherever you can pray, just pray. If the Lord spoke to Elijah in a cave, he could certainly speak to you in his house here today. And so... Let's make a place where we can hear from God, where we can talk to God, and and let's get this journey started. Let's get this journey started, and let's see what the Lord might do in your life. And when God is done with you and you with Him, you can consider yourself dismissed to fellowship with one another in in the lobby, but right now, I feel that the most important person we can speak to is Jesus. So would you join me in prayer? Lord God, I just lift up every person who has been hearing this message here today. God, for some of us, it's a tough message because we don't like to feel this way. But God encourages us to know that some great people in Scripture felt the same way. So Lord God, I'm asking you now that you would be the glory and the lifter of our heads. 
God, take us from our deepest lows and take us now, Lord, to new heights, I ask you. God, we refuse to believe the lies of the enemy. God, we refuse to let our identity be anything other than what your word says it should be. So, Lord, speak to your people, I pray. God, meet with those who need to meet with you. But, God, don't stop there. When we're walking this out on Monday and when we're living this out on Tuesday and Wednesday and the rest of the week, Lord, God, remind us that you're there. Maybe it's that gentle whisper, Lord God, in the midst of a lot of voices. May the whisper of your Holy Spirit and the power of your word speak to us and change us, I pray. Sustain us, Lord God, I ask you. And Lord, we'll thank you. And it's in your name that we ask all this, Jesus. Amen. If you need to pray, feel free to do so right now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being here.